Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We often think of fear as a negative thing, but today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that it's just like anything else, healthy within moderation. Fear of the Lord is wise. But if you have questions and allow those to become doubts, they'll become an unhealthy kind of fear. Discipline your mind and don't let Satan sow those seeds of uncertainty. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 1st, 2022. I want to talk with you today about why it is that we as believers in and followers of Jesus should not fear what's coming. However, for those who are not believers in and followers of Jesus, you'll forgive me for the way that I say this, but you should be very afraid. (laughs) And actually, that's a good thing. It's called the fear of the Lord. And the fear of what's coming can bring about that much-needed fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, we're told in the Proverbs, is the beginning of wisdom. And to fear the Lord is to hate evil. And it's really the fear of the Lord that brings people to the Lord. Because if I could be so blunt, that's the only way you and I are getting out of this. That's the truth. (laughs) The whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man goes to the Father except through me. And so it is my hope and my prayer that today's update for the believer will be encouraging concerning fear, and for those who are not believers, that today's update would be that which brings you to the Lord in your fear, your fear of the Lord, and that it brings you to salvation. Really, fear can be a good thing if, in the end, it has this effect of bringing all of us closer to Jesus, saved or not. 
Those of us that know the Lord, walk with the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord. Sometimes a healthy dose of fear is what it takes to bring us back to the Lord, closer to the Lord. And this fear that I want to, actually I don't want to, that's not true. <laughs> if, if, if I only stood up here and talked about what I wanted to talk about, I wouldn't talk about this. It's more of a, I need to. But if you really think about it, it's this fear, not so much of what's coming, but actually what seems to already be here. What do you mean? Well, the shelves at the stores are emptier. The prices of goods and services are higher. And the panic setting in is greater. The reason I sense that the Lord was leading me in this direction is because of the often asked question concerning the rapture of the church. Namely, that of how much we as Christians will have to endure of what we're told begins to happen prior to the rapture, which has to happen prior to the seven-year tribulation. And thankfully, according to God's Word, really on the authority of God's Word, I can, without any hesitation, say that God will never forsake us and will always provide for us, no matter what. Now here's what's sad though. With the horrors of everything that's beginning to happen in the world today, many are given over to a spirit of fear and anxiety. And it's for this reason that knowing why we believe what we believe, specifically about the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture, is an absolute must. In this day, in this world, you cannot be wishy-washy when it comes to the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Please hear my heart on this. If one is doubtful, or worse yet, has been swayed by those who attack the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture, then what will always ensue is fear and panic, and that's not of the Lord. This is Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm sure a verse familiar to most, if not all. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, better translated and understood as a disciplined mind, 
just as we discipline our children, we discipline our mind, because that's where the battleground is. And see, Satan has access to our minds. He can't read our minds, thank God for that. (laughs) The Lord can, so think about that. But he can put thoughts in our mind. He can plant seeds of doubt. And if it's met with this supple soil, it'll begin to germinate and sprout, and it's not long before it bears bitter fruit. And he knows that. And we need to be disciplined in our mind, taking every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Wait, stop! (laughs) Not so fast. What was that now? Oh, wait a minute. Nope, can't take that one. So sorry. It's incompatible with the Word of God, the love of God, the character of God. So no can, as we say here. That's a disciplined mind. We have to have disciplined minds and not allow the enemy to start planting seeds of doubt, because it is just a matter of time before the doubt will turn into fear. Here's how I see and say 2 Timothy 1.7, the Holy Spirit will never give me fear. The Holy Spirit will never produce in my heart and mind fear, because He's not given me a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit will always give me that power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love love. That's the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. Why do I go into this? Well, this is, I don't know how else to say it, it is so important because there are so many out there now saying we're already in the tribulation. How's that one? Or no, the rapture is not before the seven-year tribulation, so you better start prepping. I actually am a prepper. I'm prepping for the pre-tribulation rapture. (laughs) Back on August 9th of 2020, we devoted the entirety of the prophecy update to the biblical proof, proof, of the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture. And we provided a link to this update. There's also a downloadable 21-page PDF file of the notes, the typology, and the transcript of that update. I want to ask you a question. This is a question that needs to be asked and answered, and the question is, why would Jesus tell us He was going to take us out of this world if it were not so? 
What do you mean? Are you suggesting that Jesus talked about the pre-tribulation rapture? I absolutely am. John's Gospel, chapter 14. May I begin reading in verse 1? Jesus speaking, He says to His disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why do you think He told them to not let their hearts be troubled? Because their hearts were troubled. I know that's deeply profound. And He wanted to assure them and encourage them because He knew that their hearts were troubled. Fear was beginning to set in. So He says, believe in God, believe also in Me. And here's why. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Some of your translations render it mansions. I like mansions. That sounds pretty good. And then he says this, If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Okay, you know what he's saying here? He's saying, as the bridegroom to his bride, don't be afraid, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a bridal chamber, a place for you, as was the custom in these ancient Jewish wedding traditions, where after the betrothal, the bridegroom would go to the father's house and build a room addition, a bridal chamber. And then when it was finished, and by the way, I just want to say parenthetically, so he's been preparing this place for well nigh 2,000 years. (laughs) Wow! Okay, I'll just leave that with you. So the bridegroom goes, builds this room addition, this bridal chamber on his father's house in preparation and anticipation of that day and that hour of which no man knows, when he comes as a thief in the night and snatches away, catches away his bride, who is always watching and ready, and takes her to that place that He prepared for her, and they consummate and celebrate their marriage together for a period of seven, the number of completion days. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now here's another question. Wouldn't it stand to reason that Jesus, who is our bridegroom, would take His bride out prior 
to the seven-year tribulation? Why would he not? I would not have told you if this were not so. I'm going to take you out of this world to that place that I prepared for you. Stay with me on this because I want to take it a a bit further. And I want you to think this through with me. If God promises to shorten the days for the sake of His elect Israel in the tribulation, why wouldn't He do that for us, His bride, prior to the tribulation? This is Matthew 24, beginning in verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And, verse 22, unless those days were shortened. Interesting. No flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, Israel, those days will be shortened. As for the aforementioned question of how much will endure prior to the pre-tribulation rapture, Scripture is replete with promise after promise in this regard, specifically as it relates to our not being afraid despite how bad it gets, because it cannot and will not change how good God is. What, you don't think God's going to take care of you up until that time that He takes us out of this world? One of the go-to places in God's Word in this respect is Psalm 91. Psalm 91 has brought many a Christian (laughs) through many painful trials and difficult hardships. I'd like to begin reading in verse 5 of Psalm 91, and I would really encourage you in your own time in God's Word to spend time in this psalm. Verse 5, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the, interesting, pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. Can't wait. Oh, don't look at me like that. It says it right here. You shall look with your eyes and see. Because God's going to have the final word, by the way. Because, verse 9, you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, (laughs) no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. 
For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You, verse 13, shall tread upon the lion and the cobra? Wait, what? Hang on. Yes, cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Translated, what are you afraid of now? Okay. We need to talk about the whole cobra thing, right? I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to, at the very least, provide you with a follow-up on this cobra theory that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. As I mentioned in those updates, it is incumbent upon you to do your own research on this, as I'm still vetting the credibility of this. I think we would all err greatly to throw the proverbial baby of truth out with the bathwater of deception, which is actually exactly what Satan wants. That's his M.O., modus operandi. I suppose you could say that in all fairness, the jury is still out as to the possibility that there's some truth to this, despite how it comes. And by that I mean who presents it, how one proposes it, and the way one packages it should propel us to God's Word to validate it. That's what Jesus did when Satan tempted him in the wilderness. By the way, Psalm 91, he twisted that dashing your foot against the stone, and he just mixed, just, he tried this with Jesus, because he thought, because it worked with Eve in the garden, he, he packages and wraps just enough truth around the lie so it's believable. So we buy the lie. And make no mistake about it, Satan knows Scripture better than you and I ever will. So he takes the truth and he says, okay, let's just kind of tweak this just a little bit. And what was the Savior's response? Oh, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. It is written. Nice try. He didn't say that. <laughs> nice try. Now, that's not what it says. It doesn't say that. It says this. This is why it is so important to know the Word of God. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. 